Welcome back to ADHD Money Talk, the show that helps dynamic but distracted ADHD brains take back control over their money in order to stress less, live a more enriching life, and open up new and amazing possibilities. These new and amazing possibilities can be yours with a little dedication, a little commitment, a little self-awareness, a little self-understanding, a little education. Getting your money right is going to help your life in so many ways besides just simply having your money be right because you touch money every single day for everything. It's pretty much something that you just can't avoid in this society, in this world, and the way that things are in reality, money is important. And so I'm here to try and help you. I'm your very humble and ADHD host, Dave DeWitt. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the stock market. We're going to talk about, you know, the stock market's been very volatile recently. It dropped down so much in June. People were very upset, checking into their 401ks and seeing how things were down. And then the market staged this huge comeback rally um, into the end of August. And then since then, it's been going back down. And then it started to rally again. And now it's back down. And this volatility of the stock market can drive people nuts. I mean, it really can. It's like, why would I ever want to put my money into this thing that feels like a casino? Because that's what it feels like when it's just going up and down and one day you're up and one day you're down. It's nuts. So we're going to talk a little bit about this. Um, that's kind of a timely episode and kind of get into it. Guys, if you've been enjoying the show, please leave a review. Please let me know what you think. Please give me some suggestions for topics to cover. Um, let me know what you think. For those of you out there who have talked to me, you know that I think that the stock market is the ultimate wealth creating machine. It is. There is nothing that has ever existed on planet Earth that has created more wealth or has been more influential to the transformation of families and people over time than the stock market. I think it is amazing. I think it's absolutely amazing. It completely allows people to build wealth and create amazing transformation. Why do people say things like the stock market is rigged? Why do people say things like it's a scam? The market being kind of nutty recently has prompted me to want to talk about this, but also I saw this article which has been very very sad to me. Millennials have been giving up on the stock market. So this article, which I'll put in the show notes from ally.com, shows that over the past year, 49% of millennials told Ally in a survey that they sold all or some of their investments, and that compares to only 21% of Gen X and 17% of Gen Z. And the top reason that millennials sold was to cover household expenses. Okay. Um, They also said that losses from crypto investing, inflation, and fear of losing money also resulted in selling by this generation. Now, lots of things start coming into my head when I read that. First of all, I partially get it because, you know, home prices are up so much. Maybe people are trying, millennials are trying to get their first home. And because interest rates are so high right now and all this stuff that it's just been tough and they needed to sell some some of their stocks and and whatever to to raise some liquidity or, you know, some cash to, to make this happen. I also think, like, what were you invested in that you're now selling? Were you getting involved in the whole meme stock thing, the GameStop, the AMC, all this stuff? And uh, by the way, anytime I mention a company in this podcast, do not take it at all for investment advice. It absolutely is not. So maybe they were caught up in the meme stocks, and they, so they weren't investing for the right reason in the first place. They were just doing what their neighbor told them to do, and and now they're selling out of you know regret. So maybe they didn't start investing for the right reason, but now they're selling, and that makes me sad because selling your stocks 
is not good because that's selling money that otherwise, if you gave it enough time, is going to create and compound your wealth. Basically, what I'm trying to say, what I'm going to try and say over the next you know 10 minutes or so is that volatility, for one thing, is part of the stock market. So this volatility that we're seeing is always what happens. It's what happens anytime there's any sort of catastrophe, anytime the markets get shaken up by inflation, but anytime there's a natural disaster or a pandemic, you know, the market's going to go down, it's going to go up, it's going to go all over the place. And that is part of the game. If you want to use the most amazing, reliable, ultimate wealth building tool that exists, you need to understand that that's part of the game, the volatility that may that might make you feel like it's scammed and rigged, but it's not. It's part of the game because things do change. Like, remember, you're investing in in the stock market in stocks. So think of it this way. You invest in a company like Starbucks, okay, Starbucks. And Starbucks is a company. So when you buy Starbucks, you're buying part ownership of Starbucks and you are entitled to part of the profit, you know, the share, the percentage of the company that you own, you get that percentage, you are entitled to that percentage of the company's profits. So when COVID-19 comes along and all of a sudden they have to shut down, they're going to have less profits, right? So of course the stock is going to go down because now investors are saying, you know, I don't think the, the stock is worth, I don't think it's worth what it is trading at right now because they're going to be, have to stop selling their coffee. You know, they're not going to, they're going to have to be only drive through or they're going to have to do, you know, things are going to slow down. So the stocks go down and this is this is what happens because you're investing in a business okay but so the Starbucks stock is not going down because it's it's rigged or a scam it's because things are changing the the world is changing so it's just a response to the current reality now the thing that i think people don't always understand when they're investing in stocks is that they forget that it is an actual company that they are investing in and not only are the shareholders upset when the stock price goes down so much because of COVID or whatever, so are the managers of that business because the managers of the business and the owners that actually work at the company, like Howard Schultz, who was the CEO, you know, he's got a ton of ownership in that company. He's not happy about this. No one's no one's happy about it. And it's not like the stock is some stagnant thing that just goes down and then then just you have to hope and pray that will go up. What does a company do when when they're faced with challenges? They resist, they adapt, they change. They'll start selling more things. They'll start selling different things. They'll start increasing the efficiency of their drive-through during COVID. You know, they'll do things to make sure that they can get those profits back up. So that's why the stock market ends up going back up and why Starbucks stock ends up going back up because we're we all know we're smart humans. Like we can do this thing. We can adapt, we can change, we can we can cut our spending, you know, we might have to let some people go, but we are going to get through this time, this moment, and we're going to make plans to adjust to the new environment and get our profits back up. So the Starbucks shares that you own will ultimately, you know, go back up as the company figures it out. Now, not all companies can figure it out. Some companies may never figure it out and go to zero. And that's why you own more than one stock when you're investing in the stock market. So Diversification is key, and that's a whole different can of worms than what I'm trying to the point I'm trying to make right now. So, if you're invested in, let's say, the S and P 500, that's the 500 largest publicly traded companies in the United States. In order to get into the S and P 500, a company has to have 
gone to a big enough point where they've clearly excited enough investors and had enough profits and had enough success to even get into the S&P 500. So when you're investing in, a, in an index like that, then you're investing in, in a lot of proven companies that when times are tough are going to be adaptive and figure it out. So on whole, while some of those companies may drop out of the S&P 500, on balance, even though something might happen and they all the whole market goes down, they're all there trying to figure it out. They're not just going to roll over and bend over and, and die. They're going to adapt to the new environment and figure out a way to get their profits going back up. And the stock market will always and has always followed profits. If you put up a long-term chart of the the earnings per share or the profit per share of the S&P 500 companies alongside the chart of the S&P 500's price, you would see that they go up together. Now, sometimes the price of the S&P 500 will go up a lot faster than the earnings will go up or the profits will go up. And sometimes it'll go up slower than the earnings will go up. And sometimes it'll go up even when the earnings are going down, but it always ends up correcting itself. And over time, they follow in tandem. So all you have to believe to understand why the stock market goes up over the long term is that profits for companies will, over the long term, go up. And for me, that's not the hardest thing to be able to believe because it's never not happened for one and for two that's why these companies exist. It's like their mandate is to increase profitability, to be profitable, to return money to shareholders. And also, populations are growing. There's more people to serve. There's more innovation to be had. There's more efficiencies. There's just so much opportunity out there that for me, it's just, that's where I'm like, yeah, the stock market, that's where my money will go that I need to grow for my goals because it is a tool for wealth creation. It is based on profitability, essentially, of the largest companies in the United States and globally, because when you invest properly, you do want global exposure, not just in the United States. That's called home bias, where you think that the only place that you should be investing is in your own home, but that doesn't make sense either, because if you work for a large publicly traded company in America, and something happens that affects in America that affects all American companies in a really bad way, but Europe's doing fine, wouldn't you want to have some of your investments in European companies? So that's another tangent I could possibly go on, but I won't. The reason why I'm saying this stuff right now is that we shouldn't be selling our our stocks. Like we we just generally shouldn't unless, you know, I'm not giving advice to anyone in particular here, but it's just the wrong thing to usually do. Because we're doing it out of emotion, out of fear, out of a lack of understanding of the stock market and out of our investments. I've talked to people that didn't even realize that their you know, 401k was invested in stocks. I mean, everybody is invested in stocks. Anyone who has a pension, who has a 401k, who has a thrift savings plan, who has an IRA, a Roth IRA, a SEP IRA, a SARSEP, a simple IRA... All of these things are invested in stocks for the most part. I mean, you might have one that's, you know, purposefully only in like bonds, but like, like the whole entire system is built, retirement system is built around stocks and financial securities like bonds as well. But it's, it's a huge part of it. And there's a lot of interest from the government to keep the stock market humming along over the long term because 
it's what's going to allow people to retire and build that that retirement nest egg. And so I am sad to see this article of millennials in particular selling some or all of their investments. I would encourage anyone who has done this to, to not stay out too long. And when you come back into the stock market, really consider you know using a financial advisor or consider getting educated and investing for the long haul and, and aligning it with your goals so that you can withstand the volatility that is going to happen that's unavoidable when you're investing in stocks. Also, according to this article, they did another research study, Ally did, and they found that 75% of people wish they had started investing earlier. If you were a millennial and you started investing then pulled it out, then you definitely want to do something about that. And if you, if you haven't invested yet, and really figured out like, you know, you're worried about it, you you think it's a scam, you think it's rigged, I highly, highly recommend that you learn. You you really just learn about investing. Um, there's a great book by Brian Feraldi called Why Does the Stock Market Go Up? It's really great because it breaks things down to the most simple thing. You know, what a stock is, why do they go up? All the basic concepts, it's an easy read. I highly, highly recommend this book and I'll put it in the show notes. Now, Some stats that I mentioned in a previous episode when I was talking about the psychology of investing, I just want to reiterate a couple of different things. If you buy the S&P 500 and you hold it for at least 20 years, you have a 100% chance of earning a positive real return on your investment. Okay, If you hold it for 15 years, you have a 95% chance, 89% chance if you hold for 10 years, 81% chance if you hold for five years. So if you were to go buy... Uh, an ETF that tracks the S&P 500 and you hold for five years based on historical data between 1871 and 2020, you would have a 81% chance of having a positive real return. If you hold even just for one month, you have a 61% chance based on that same sample size. So the market is skewed to go up. It has been forever. You have to remember these kinds of things when you're investing. When they go down, they can go down fast and it can be really, really painful. And if it's really, really painful, you need to address your psychology. You need to address why you're investing. You need to make sure it's aligned properly. Because if you don't need to touch the money for 20 years, then you know that after 20 years, it's 100% chance of it being positive real return uh, using data between 1871 and 2020. So why would you be worried about it? Unless you think there's a chance you might need that money. In which case, you need to be very honest with yourself and say, should I be investing all this money? So the whole point is, is if you're structuring your investments properly and you're doing it at the right time, you know, after you've gotten rid of high interest debt, after you've gotten yourself a cushion, an, uh, an emergency fund, once those things are settled, then the investments you set up should never cause you anxiety because they should always, it should always be aligned to the proper time horizon. So if I were to sum up what I'm trying to say in this episode is that if you've been looking at your 401k lately and you're upset it's down, don't stop your contributions. Don't let the volatility stop your contributions. See it as an opportunity to continue to contribute when it's lower, when the market's lower. You're getting more for the same amount of the contribution. Another thing I just want to quickly say is that you can go online, type in you know CNBC or whatever, and you can find on the, on the front page likely an article of someone saying why they think the stock market's the best buy of all time right now, and someone else who's saying why it's the worst time and there's going to be a huge crash. Both those people, I guarantee you, have an incentive to be saying that. The person who is 
saying it's the worst time, likely runs a hyper value fund that's going to probably do a little bit better during really bad times, or maybe they're invested in bonds, or maybe they're betting against the market with, with their investors. The person who's saying the market's it's a great buy, I would much rather listen to that person, first of all, but if he's just way overbearing about it, then he's likely invested very heavily or maybe riskily uh, to, to the upside. And so there's always a, you know an incentive for these people. The media makes things so loud and hyperbolic and blah, 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 blah. And whoa, and us ADHD, I, don't even, I haven't even mentioned ADHD in this podcast. It's not really related to ADHD per se, except for that all this noise can just overwhelm us and just make us say, well, screw all this. I'm not doing any investing because I don't understand it. There's too many talking heads. There's too much crap going on. I can't even get my freaking budget straight. I'm you know, in debt and blah, 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 blah. So I totally get it. It's really important to just read books about investing, not listen to the media. There's so much noise. You know, I can't tell you how many people I talk to, whether it's clients or whether it's just people that are I'm, I'm chatting with, prospects or whatever, that tell me that they heard from someone that it's the worst time to invest or the best time and they don't know what to do. And, and, it's, and it's a little sad because I think it's just doing a disservice to the community because so many people out there just don't have their proper education. It's not their fault. We weren't taught it in school. We weren't taught it in college unless we were majoring in it and whatever. And then in the media, once you're and you're living about your life and you go to a, you have your job and you're in your 401k, you don't necessarily get like some companies do have, you know, mandatory, you know, uh, sessions to teach you about the 401k and stuff. But a lot of you don't. And a lot of you just, you know, we just don't understand and we just kind of just doing life and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, 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 yeah. So basically the volatility we're seeing is normal. Right now, the volatility we're seeing in the stock market is related to interest rates and what the Federal Reserve is going to do. Are interest rates going up or down? Are we going into a recession or are we not? Let me just give it to you straight. We're likely going to a recession. You know, we have an inverted yield curve, and when that happens, we're going into a recession. Remember, the stock market can do very poorly during recessions. It can also do very well during recessions because the stock market loves to do things ahead of time, meaning the stock market loves to be predicting the next six months, not the next one month. So a lot of times... You'll see a huge drop on a day like today, like the day I'm recording this. You know, there's a higher inflation number than expected. The market's down like 4%. Wow, that's nuts. I could drive anyone nuts. But I'm telling you, tomorrow it could be right back up. And in five years from now, we'll be looking back at this time and saying, boy, what a buying opportunity. Or maybe it wasn't a buying opportunity. But then in 10 years, we'll be looking back and saying, wow, if I had just dollar cost averaged over those five years, that would be have been a what a great idea that would have been. So there's lots of things to consider. Please, none of the stuff I'm talking about today is investment advice. Don't do anything unless you have talked to someone professional, unless you really understand what you're doing and make sure that investing in stocks is the right time for you. Um, nothing in this podcast is investment advice. This is just for purely educational purposes. Um, I hope you found this useful and interesting. And um, yeah, you might be able to hear from my voice. I'm a little tired. Um, I'm basically just, I know I've told you guys a little while ago that I'm kind of just winging all these podcasts these days because I don't have a lot of time, but I still feel super committed to getting it out there. I haven't missed a single week. I don't want to miss a week. Um, my ADHD brain's like, oh man, if you miss one week, then you're going to end up just bailing on the whole thing. So listen, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. See you next week.